0: Section 4 of The Undying One and Other Poems by Caroline Norton. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Noel Badrian. The Undying One, Canto 3, Part 2. There is a little island all alone in the blue Mediterranean, and we went where never yet a human foot had gone and dwelt there and young miriam was content there was a natural fountain where no ray of light or warmth had ever found its way thick clustered o'er with flowers and there she made a bower of deep retirement and shade and proud she was when rosy with the glow of triumph and exertion she could show her place of green leaves and watch my eyes for the expected glance of pleased surprise oh she was beautiful if ever earth to aught of breathing loveliness gave birth one evening one sweet evening as we stood silently gazing on the silent flood a sudden thought rose swelling in my heart. Ought, my sweet Miriam, thus to dwell apart from humankind, So good, so pure, so bright, So formed to be a fervent heart's delight? Was she to waste the power and will to bless In ministering to my loneliness? And then a moment's glance took in her life. I saw, my Miriam, a blessed wife. I saw her with fair children round her knee, I heard their voices in that home of glee, And turned to gaze on her. If ever yet, turning with shadowy hope and vain regret, And consciousness of secret guilt or woe, thine eyes have rested on the open brow Of sinless childhood, thou hast known what I felt when my glance met Miriam's cloudless eye o thought thou mould where misery is cast thou joiner of the present with the past eternal torturer wherefore can we not through all our life be careless of our lot as in our early years no cares to come through their vain shadows o'er her bosom's home no bitter sorrow with its vain recall poisoned her hope the present hour was all i gazed on her and as a slow smile broke of meek affection round her rosy mouth i thought the simple words my heart would choke would miriam weep to leave the sunny south silent she stood then in a tone scarce heard faltered forth father oh it wrung that word and snatching her with haste unto my breast where in her childhood's hour of sunny rest calmly her innocent head had often slept with a strange sense of misery i wept oh weary days oh weary days of flattery and empty praise when in the tainted haunts of men my miriam was brought again with vacant gaze and gentle sigh, she turned her from them mournfully, as if she rather felt than saw that they were near. They scarce could draw a word of answer from her tongue, where once such merry music rung, save when the island was their theme. And then, as waking from a dream, her soft eye lighted for a while. And round her mouth a playful smile Stole for a moment, and then fled, As if the hope within were dead. Where'er I gazed, where'er I went, Her earnest look was on me bent, Stealthily, as she wished to trace Her term of exile on my face. And many sought her hand in vain, With pleading voice and look of pain, weepingly she would turn away when i besought her to be gay and resolutely firm withstood the noble and the great of blood though they wooed would humbly as they woo who scarcely hope for what they sue oh glad was miriam when at last i deemed our term of absence past and as her light foot quickly sprang from out our bark 'Twas thus she sang the world the sunny world i love to roam untired till evening throws sweet shadows through the pleasant grove and bees are murmuring on the rose i love to see the changeful flowers lie blushing in the glowing day bend down their heads to scape the showers then shake the chilly drops away the world, the sunny world, O bright and beautiful indeed thou art, the brilliant day, the dark blue night, bring joy, but not to every heart. No, till like flowers those hearts can fling grief's drops from off their folded leaves, twill only smile in hope's bright spring, and darken when the spirit grieves. She was returned but yet she grew not glad her cheek wore not the freshness which it had the withering of the world like the wild storm over a tender blossom left her form with traces of the havoc that had been even in the sunny calm and placid scene her brow was darkened with a gentle cloud her step was slower and her laugh less loud and oft her sweet voice faltered though she said nothing in which deep meaning could be read i watched her gestures when she saw me not and once oh will that evening be forgot i stole upon her when she little thought aught but the moaning wind her whispers caught she sat within her bower where the sun lingered as loath to think his task was done, And languidly she raised her heavy gaze To meet the splendour of his parting rays. O'er the smooth cheek which rested on her hand, Down the rich curls by evening breezes fanned, Upon the full red lip and rounded arm, The swan-like neck, so snowy yet so warm, each charm the rosy light was wandering o'er brightening what seemed all beautiful before i paused a moment gazing yet unseen beneath the sleeping shadows dark and green and thought how strange that one so formed to bless should better love to live in loneliness pure but not passionless was that soft brow so warmly gilded by the sunset now, And in her glistening eye there shone a tear, Like those we shed when dreaming for some dear but lost illusion, Which returns awhile our nights to brighten with remembered smile, And yet we feel is lost, Though sleep, strong sleep, chains the swollen lid, That fain would wake and weep. I sat me down beside her. Round the zone that clasped her slender waist, my arm was thrown, and the bright ringlets of her shining hair my fond hand parted on her forehead fair. And thus I spoke, as with a smile and sigh she murmured forth a welcome timidly. Again, within the desert and at rest, say, does my Miriam find herself more blest? Than when gay throngs in fond devotion hung Upon the sportive accents of her tongue. Is all which made the city seem so gay, The song, the dance, all dreamlike passed away? The sighs, the vows, the worshipping forgot? And art thou happier in this lonely spot? Is there no form, all vision-like, enshrined Deep mid the treasures of thy guileless mind? And deaf to every pure and faithful sigh, say, Would my desert rosebud lonely die? High neath the arm which carelessly caressed rose the quick beatings of that gentle breast, and the slight pulses of her fair young hand, which lay so stirlessly within my own, trembled and stopped and trembled as I scanned the flushing cheek. On which my glance was thrown she loves said i while selfish bitter grief swelled in my soul she loves and i must live alone again more wretched for the brief bright sunshine which her presence used to give and then with saddened tones which though i strove to make them playful tremulously came i murmured yes he lives whom thou canst love his name dear miriam whisper me his name there was a pause and audibly she drew her heaving breath and faint and fainter grew the hand that lay in mine and o'er her brow flushed shadows chased each other to and fro till like a scorched up flower with languid grace that young head drooped but sought no resting place dreams passed across my soul dreams of old days of forms which in the quiet grave lay sleeping of eyes which death had stripped of all their rays and weary life had quenched with bitter weeping Dreams of the days when, human still, My heart refused to feel immortal, And kept clinging to transient joys, Which came and did depart, As fresh flowers wither, Which young hands are flinging. Dreams of the days I loved, And was beloved, When some young heart for me Its sighs was giving, and fond lips murmured forth the vow that proved its truth in death its tenderness when living and dreaming thus i sighed answering there came a deep low tremulous sob which thrilled my frame a moment that young form shrunk back abashed at its own feelings and all vainly dashed the tear aside, which speedily returned to quench the cheek where fleeting blushes burned a moment while I sought her fears to stay, the timid girl in silence shrank away a moment from my grasp, her hand withdrew a moment hid her features from my view, then rising sank with tears upon my breast. Her struggles and her love at once confessed. Years, sorrow, death, the hopes that leave me lone, all I have suffered and must suffer on. The love of other bright things which may pass in half eclipse beyond the darkened glass through which my tearful soul hath learnt to gaze. The fond delusions of all future days. All that this world can bring Hath not the power to blot from memory That delicious hour. She who I thought would leave me desolate, For whom I brooded o'er a future fate, She who had wandered through each sunny land, Yet found no heart that could her love command, she lay within my arms my own my own unsought unwooed but oh too surely one she was not one of many words and vows and breathings of her love and eager shows of warm affection in her quiet eye which gazed on all she worshiped silently there dwelt deep confidence in what she loved and nothing more till some slight action proved my ceaseless thought of her then her heart woke and fervent feeling like a sunrise broke o'er her illuminated face her love for me was pure and deep and hidden as the fount which floweth neath our footsteps gushingly and of whose wanderings none may take account and like those waters when the fountain burst to light and sunshine which lay dark at first quietly deep it still kept flowing on not the less pure for being looked upon and then she loved all things and all loved her each sound that mingleth in the busy stir of nature Was to her young bosom rife with the intelligence of human life. Edith, my playful Edith, when her heart tenderly woke To do its woman's part, filled with a sentiment so strong and new, Each childish passion from her mind withdrew, And looking round upon the world beheld her isbal only by deep sorrow quelled zarifa's was a melancholy love the plashing waters the blue sky above the echoes speaking from the distant hill the murmurs indistinct which sweetly filled the evening air all had for her a tone of mournful music and i stood alone the one thing that could bid her heart rejoice with the deep comfort of a human voice not so young miriam love within her breast had been a welcome and familiar guest even from her childhood i was linked with all the sunny things that to her lot might fall the past the present and the future were replete with joys in which i had my share nothing had been or ever could be felt singly with the heart where such love dwelt her birds her trees her favorite walks her flowers she knew them not as hers they were all ours and thus she loved in her imaginings our earth and all its dumb and living things oft whispering in her momentary glee it was the world i dwelt in part of me and bound by a sweet charm, she might not break; she looked upon that world and loved it for my sake. How shall I tell it, Linda? A dark pain is in my heart and in my burning brain. Where is she? Where is Miriam? who art thou? Oh, wipe the death- you from her pallid brow. I dare not touch her see how still she lies closing in weakness her averted eyes gaspingly struggling for her gentle breath and stretching out her quivering limbs in death will no one save her fool the shadow there is the creation of thine own despair no love no agony is in her heart in sin, in suffering, she hath now no part. She is gone from thee, sooner doomed to go Than nature meant, but thou didst will it so. O Linda, the remembrance of that day, When sad Zarifa's spirit passed away, Haunted me ever with the power that thou, Who hast not sinned or suffered, canst not know my joys were turned to miseries and wrought my heart into delirium i thought that as she wept so miriam would weep and start and murmur in her troubled sleep that as she doubted miriam too would find a dark suspicion steal across her mind that as she faded miriam too would fade and lose the smile that round her full lips played that as she perished, Miriam too would die, And chide me with her last reproachful sigh. Often when gazing on her open brow, And the pure crimson of her soft cheeks glow, Sudden a dark unhappy change Would seem to fall upon her features like a dream. In vain my merry voice, with laughing tone, Bade the dim shadow from my heart be gone pale pale and sorrowful she seemed to rise death on her cheek and darkness in her eyes the roundness of her form was gone and care had blanched the tresses of her glossy hair wan and reproachful mournfully and mild her thin lips moved and with an effort smiled and when with writhing agony i woke from the delusion and the dark spell broke and miriam stood there smiling brilliantly shuddering i said and yet these things must be must be that young confiding heart must shrink from my caress the joyous eyes which drink light from the sunshine that doth play within must grovel downcast with the sense of sin or startled into consciousness will gaze bewilderingly upon the sunset rays and meeting mine with sorrow wild and deep heart and eyes sinking turn again to weep yes these things must be if when years have passed each leaving her more fading than the last she turns to the companion of her track and while her wondering thoughts roam sadly back seeks in her soul the reason why his form laughs at the slow decay or ruffling storm that hath wrecked better things while on her sight with the deep horrible glare and certain light of hell to a lost soul the slow truth breaks till as one wounded in his sleep awakes to writhe and shriek and perish silently her heart is roused to comprehend and die to die and wherefore should she not depart ere doubt hath agonized the trusting heart wherefore not pass away from earth ere yet its mossy bosom with her tears is wet it was a summer's morning when the first glance of that dreadful haunting vision burst upon my mind i doomed her then to die for then i pictured to my heart and eye a world where miriam was not often after amid the joyous ringing of her laughter in sunshine and in shade, those thoughts returned, maddened my brain, and in my bosom burned. O God, how bitter were those idle hours, when softly bending o'er her fragrant flowers, she formed her innocent plans, and playfully spoke of the future which was not to be. How bitter were her smiles, her perfect love her deep reliance which no frowns could move on the affections of my murderous heart where the thought brooded when shall she depart as jephtha gazed upon her smiling face who bounded forth to claim his first embrace and felt with breathless and bewildered pause her early death foredoomed her love the cause as jephthah struggled with the vow that still bound his pained soul against his own free will and heard her fond and meekly worded prayer to climb the well-known hills and wander there weeping to think that in her virgin pride the beautiful must perish no man's bride and that her name must die away from earth and that her voice must leave the halls of mirth, and they be not less mirthful, so to me it was to gaze on Miriam silently. Miriam, who loved me, who, if I had said, Lo, thou must perish, bow thy gentle head, would have repressed each faint life-longing sigh, bared her white bosom, and knelt down to die without a murmur so when she upraised her quiet eyes and on my features gazed asking me to come forth and roam with her around her favourite haunts the maddening stir of agony and vain resolve would rend my bosom and to earth my proud head bend it seemed to me as if that gentle prayer she breathed to bid farewell to all her share of life and sunshine to behold again the high, bright, happy hills and outstretched plain, and then come back and die. I left that isle, and Miriam followed with a tearful smile, glad to be with me, sorrowful to go from the dear scene of joy and transient woe, as Eve to Eden. Towards that land of rest she gazed, Then turned and wept upon my breast. To Italy's sweet shores we bent our course, And for a while my grief and my remorse And all my fearful thoughts forsook me, When we mingled in the busy haunts of men. But, oh, the hour was fixed, though long delayed, like the poor felon's doom, which some reprieve hath stayed one night, a dream disturbed my frenzied soul, methought to Miriam, I confessed the whole of what thou knowest, and watched' her young, glad face, that on her brow her feelings I might trace, methought that as I gazed the flushing red once more upon her cheek and bosom spread as when she told her love and then and then how strongly does that vision rise again each hue of life by gradual shades withdrew till even her dark blue eyes seemed fading too paler and paler whiter and more white gazing upon me in the ghastly light her features grew till all at length did seem like moving marble in that sickly dream except the faded eyes they faintly kept the hue of life and looked on me and wept and still she spoke not but stood weeping there till i was maddened with mine own despair and woke she lay beside me who was soon to perish by my hand the pale clear moon o'er her fair form a marble whiteness threw and wild within my heart the madness grew i rushed from out that chamber and i stood by the dim waters of the moonlit flood and in that hour of frantic misery i thought my vision told how she would die pining and weeping i returned again and gazed upon her with a sickening pain. Her fair soft arms were flung above her head, And the deep rose of sleep her cheek was tinging. The tear which all who follow me must shed Slept neath the lashes which those orbs were fringing. And there she lay, so still, so statue-like, I staggered to her, I lifted up my desperate arm to strike. Linda, I slew her. Once, only once, she faintly strove to rise, Once, only once, she called upon my name. And o'er the dark blue heaven of those eyes Death, with its midnight shadows, slowly came that tone's despairing echo died away the last faint quivering pulsation ceased to thrill that form of beauty as it lay from all the storms and cares of life released and i sat by the dead fast o'er my soul a dream of memory's treasured relics stole and the day rose before me and the hour when Miriam sat within her own sweet bower, The red rich sunset lighting on her cheek, Afraid to trust herself to move or speak, Conscious and shrinking, while I strove to trace Her bosom's secret on her guileless face. I turned to press her to my burning heart, I that had slain her, Wherefore did I start? cold pure and pale that glowing cheek was laid and motionless each marble limb was lying closed were those eyes which tears of passion shed and hushed the voice that called on me in dying gone gone that frozen bosom never more pressed to mine own in rapture shall be beating gone gone her love, her struggles, all was o'er, Life, weary life, would bring for us no meeting. They bore her from me, they laid her low, With all her beauty in the cheerless tomb, And dragged me forth, all weak with pain and woe, Heedless of death, to meet a murderer's doom. The wheel the torturing wheel was placed to tear each quivering limb and wring forth drops of pain, and they did mock me in my mute despair and point to it and frown, but all in vain. The hour at length arrived, a bright sweet day rose o'er the world of torture and of crime, and human bloodhounds and wild birds of prey waited with eagerness their feasting-time and as i gazed a wild hope sprang within my feverish breast perchance this dreadful death and my past sufferings might efface my sin and i might now resign my weary breath and as the blessed thought flashed o'er my mind i gazed around and smiled to die to die O oh, little thought those wolves of human kind what rapture in that word may sometimes lie they stripped my unresisting limbs and bound and the huge ponderous engine gave a sound like a dull heavy echo of the moans the exhausted cries the deep and sullen groans of all its many victims through each vein thrilled the strange sense of swift and certain pain, And each strong muscle from the blood-stained rack, Conscious of suffering, quiveringly shrank back. But I rejoiced, I say I did rejoice, And when from the loud multitude a voice cried, Death, I wildly echoed it, and said, Death, death, Oh, lay me soon among the dead, and they did gaze on me with fiendish stare, Half curiosity and half the glare of bloody appetite, While to and fro, nearer and nearer, Wheeled the carrion crow, as seeking where to strike. A pause, and hark, the signal sound, When sudden as a dream, the heavens grew dark on all around, And the loud blast came sweeping in its wrath, scattering wild desolation o'er its path and the hoarse thunder struggled on its way and livid lightning mocked the darkened day with its faint hellish lights they fled that crowd with fearful shrieks and cries and murmurs loud and left me bound the awful thunder crashed above my head and in my upturned eyes the gleams of forked fire brightly flashed then died along the dark and threatening skies and the wild howling of the fearful wind maddened my ringing brain while swiftly driven the torrent showers fell all thick and blind till mingling seemed the earth and angry heaven a flash a sound a shock and i was free Prostrate beside me lay the shivered wheel in broken fragments. I groaned heavily, and for a while I ceased to breathe or feel. I arose again to know that death was not yet granted, that the feverish hope of yielding up in torture my cursed breath was quenched for ever and the boundless scope of weary life burst on my soul again like the dim distance of the heaving main on some lost mariner's faint failing eyes who fondly dreaming of his native shore while in his throat the gurgling waters rise fancies he breathes that welcome air once more and far across the bleak lone billows sees its cool blue rivers and its shady trees till when upraised a moment by the wave he views the watery waste and sickening draws one long last gasping sigh for a green grave ere helplessly he sinks in ocean's yawning jaws night fell around the quiet dews were weeping silently on the dark and mournful earth and sorrow pale its sleepless watch was keeping and slumber weighed the closing lid of mirth while the full round orbed moon looked calmly down from her thin cloud as from a light wreathed crown and i went out beneath her silver beams and through my wilded brain there passed dark dreams Of Miriam, and of misery, and death, And of that tomb, and what lay hid beneath. And I did lay my head upon that grave, Weepingly calling on her gentle name, And to the winds my grieving spirit gave, In words which half without my knowledge came. Thou art gone with all thy loveliness to the silence of the tomb, where the voice of friends can never bless, nor the cool sweet breezes come, deep, deep beneath the flowers bright, beneath the dark blue sky, which may not send its joyous light to gladden those who die. This world to thee was not a world of woe, my bird of beauty wherefore didst thou go thou art gone and gone for ever, thou in whom my life was bound the seal of death is on thy brow and in thy breast a wound who could have slain thee thou who wert so helpless and so fair when strong arms rose to do thee hurt why was not isbal there Didst thou not call upon him in thy woe, My bird of beauty? Wherefore didst thou go? Thou art gone, Oh, fain my heart would rest and dream, But thou art gone. The head that lay upon my breast Is hid beneath that stone, And art thou there? And wilt thou ne'er rise up from that dark place and shaking back thy glossy hair laugh gladly in my face this world to thee was not a world of woe i loved thee wherefore wherefore didst thou go return return oh if the rack if nature's death-like strife born silently could bring thee back once more to light and life even if those lips that used to wreathe smiles that a glory shed ne'er parted but in scorn to breathe dark curses on my head oh i could bear it all nor think it woe my bird of beauty wherefore didst thou go once more once more oh yet once more if i could see thee stand a breathing creature as before i smote thee with this hand if that dear voice oh must these groans this agony be vain will no one lift the ponderous stones and let thee rise again thou wert not wont in life to work me woe my bird of beauty Wherefore didst thou go? And then I reasoned. Wherefore should the sod hold all of her Which hath not gone to God? I have the power again that form to see. I have the wish once more with her to be. And wherefore should we fear to look upon What from our sight some few short hours is gone? Wherefore the thrill our senses which comes o'er at sight of what shall breathe and feel no more. O Miriam, can there be indeed a place Where I must dread to look upon thy face? And then I knelt, and desperately did tear The earth from off that form so young and fair, And dashed aside the sods which heavily pressed On the bosom which had beat for me. At length t'was over at the break of day the scattered fragments round me lay and we once more were seated side by side the half immortal and his victim bride what the grave yet had had no power to change her long bright locks these fingers did arrange as she had worn them in her life's short spring and the sweet flowers which lay half withering upon the turf i wreathed with pains and care and braided them among her glossy hair and the rich glow of light burst on mine eyes and the bright morning with her dark blue skies beamed on the pale and faded form that lay cold and unconscious in the waking day and forms drew round me in a busy crowd but though i saw them come i heeded not but called on miriam with upbraidings loud and clung to that beloved and fatal spot and rude hands dragged me thence i know not how or where they fettered me but when i woke from that night's dream with cooler pulse and brow chains hung around me which might not be broke and in a damp deep dungeon i was flung with scarce a gleam of heaven's sweet light to cheer and silence round save when my irons rung or the stern keeper's foot was drawing near and many a weary day and sleepless night i sat unmoved within that wretched cell dreaming confusedly of that last sight the altered form of her i loved so well Miriam, my miriam such the first faint word which burst my trembling lip with deep low sighs unconscious that the frowning keeper heard and gazed with half contempt and half surprise and then i raved and with a shaking hand traced that dear name upon the dewy clay and strove with feeble limbs to rise and stand greeting the visioned form that might not stay and they did call me mad oh such his madness who having lost what he half feared to love deep from his prison dungeons gloomy sadness sent forth his spirit by her side to rove and dreamt of love and italy's sweet skies and leonora's proud impassioned eyes and from his world of misery gazed afar on his own dream as on a lovely star and from the earth i imaged forth a form and called it miriam and would smile to see how calmly amid all my passion's storm its steadfast rayless eyes still gazed on me and i did love it with a love beyond all that i felt before except for her and called to it till feverishly fond i thought the clay began to speak and stir one day i slept i had not slept for long long weary days and nights and in my ear rang the sweet notes of miriam's gentle song which even in that lone rest i smile to hear the world the sunny world i love to roam untired till evening throws sweet shadows in the pleasant grove and bees are murmuring on the rose i love to see the changeful flowers lie blushing in the glowing day bend down their heads to scape the showers then shake the chilly drops away i woke and saw my keeper by me stand and curiously he gazed with wondering eyes on the form moulded by my frantic hand and sternly bade me from my bed arise oh well my heart foreboded from his brow methinks i see the dark stern glances now with which he heard my tale for i did kneel and swear each secret feeling to reveal so he would leave my precious miriam there to comfort isbal in his lone despair he heard and o'er oh, that dark and sullen brow a smile even darker passed and he did throw that image rudely on the echoing ground and spurned in scorn the broken fragments round and called me madman and the threatened scourge shook o'er my fettered limbs his words to urge he left me madness did not come till then in spite of all i suffered till that hour i had distinguished all like other men nor sunk beneath misfortune's blasting power but then i felt a circling in my brain a laugh convulsive in my choking breast a starting in each heavy temple vein a weight which all my shivering limbs oppressed through my bewildered brain the warm blood rushed from my distended mouth in torrents gushed and with a low sick sob i sank in pain trusting no more to wake or breathe again Days, months, and years rolled on, and I had been a prisoner a century, had seen change after change among the keepers, heard the shrieks of new made captives, which oft stirred my heart again to madness, and the groans of those whom death released, the low, faint moans of the exhausted, and I yet remained. To my dark dungeon and existence chained. But wherefore should I struggle thus to show the dull monotony of endless woe? Suffice it that it was amongst a race then yet unborn that I beheld thy face, thy angel face, for whom even I would crave a few years' respite from the welcome grave. He ceased and with a tearless deep despair turned to the sad one who sat by him there and neither spoke but o'er his wasted frame a shaking as of strong convulsion came and taking her faint hand between his own quivering he pressed it with a heavy groan and looked into her face as if to read his fate therein and bowed his grief-worn head upon his arms awhile, then started up to live or drink the dregs of sorrow's cup and she rose too who had been sitting by gazing upon those dark curls vacantly and once or twice half bending as she would have pressed her lips on them those stained with blood she rose, and when he murmured forth his fears, Is it too horrible? Must I depart? Looked up, and with an agony of tears spread forth her arms, and clasped him to her heart End of section four